With every episode, we are attempting to observe and tackle challenges with both humor and wisdom. It's tricky, but we can do it. We have to. We're business owners, we're leaders, and we are successful. God bless you. Here's to another day. Enjoy listening. So this has been a lot of fun. The intro of the podcast, I do talk about my own vulnerability and just uh, wondering, is this going to be successful? Will this be productive? Will my voice sound ridiculous? Will it be cringy? So a lot of questions going into it, but my theme for the year 2020 and heading into 21 has been try new things. So if nothing else, I feel a real sense of success because I had to learn to do something new. I'm not a computer techie in any way, shape, or form. Uh, My kids laugh at me that half the time I can't even figure out how to use my own phone, but I tried something new. I love to write. I love to put words together, love to interact with people, and especially in the season of quarantine, we were missing that. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening in. Even if you only hopped on to one or two segments, it's been lots of fun and it's time to graduate. So this is Jubilee number 50. Go ahead and listen in and please stay in contact. If you want to shoot a message over in any way, we've got lots of presence online with the life in the studio and other funny things that happened to me, blog and book. Also, we're available through Instagram, email, YouTube, and the Reflection School of Dance website. Thank you for listening and enjoy the last podcast. Welcome back to the 50th and final podcast of Coffee Break with Miss Debbie. Before we go and take a little summer break and revisit the podcast at a later time, I'd like to do a little reading with you. Sometimes in the winter, I would do Zoom calls with the kids and we would read stories together during the pandemic. So today we're going to have story time with Miss Debbie, reading from Life in the Studio and Other Funny Things That Happened to Me, Chapter 11. Keeping your inspiration fresh. Proverbs 11.25 says, A generous person will prosper, and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Mark 1.35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went out to a solitary place where he prayed. Psalm 23.2 and 3 says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He restores my soul. So we keep our inspiration fresh by being around refreshing people, learning to rest, and learning to be alone. There are people who simply by entering into the room cause you to feel refreshed. They carry healing with them. They are others-oriented, and their life spills onto the rest of us. And I want to be like that. Summer break. When recital is over, everything changes. Some dance teachers suffer from withdrawal and they'll want to teach right through the summer, but not I. I love my few weeks of dance camp, but other than that, I lock those studio doors tight and head to the beach as often as the schedule will allow. I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with my dance world. While in season, dance activities can be all-consuming. When not in session, I hardly want to think about them. Summer is my time to refresh, soak in the sunshine, 
pray more, take in shows for inspiration, and play. When the dance studio is open, family time can suffer. During breaks, we take all the family time togetherness that we can manage. Each year, I can only hope that I've gotten all the summering out of my system by September 1st, so I can joyfully go back and join the back to school schedule with force. Until then, we jet ski and picnic. I regularly pull away from the routine to meditate on God and his word. Then refreshment comes and new ideas flow smoothly. When teaching and being creative is your full-time job, it's challenging to keep your inspiration fresh, but there are principles to help overcome such challenges. Take time to pull away and refresh. Working through the creative process is like mining for gold. I'm constantly scratching and searching for valuable ideas. I have tons of ideas, but not all of them are valuable. The artist must be able to evaluate and sort, discard the inane, the trivial, the non-workable. Some things will be thrown out. What is left is material to be used and shared with others. Practice quietness and stillness. Creative people can be extremely refreshing to others, or we can be exhausting. We can wear ourselves thin. Dancers tend to have a hard time with quietness and stillness, but in quietness, freshness is birthed. The mild, gray, rainy northern weather is the perfect prescription to discourage any activities aside from drinking coffee, reading, writing, and reflecting. This accommodates the ebb and flow of creative juices. The colors, shapes, images, ideas hidden deep in the brain are allowed to rise to the forefront of the mind when not suppressed by stress, structure, time, time constraint, and the urgencies of daily life in the rat race. Working nonstop is not healthy. For the creative person, it's especially hard to know when it's time to rest. Generally, being creative is so fun that we want to keep pushing ahead. But wisdom and discipline would say it's important to put the project aside for a bit, clear your head, and come back to it at a later time. When the mind is well-rested, it is receptive to good, healthy ideas. Next principle is play often. Observe children. Visiting a park and seeing how freely children play and imagine can breathe new life into your own imagination. Even better would be to involve yourself in their playtime. Pack up your nieces and nephews or the neighbor kids, if you don't have any of your own, and head out for a few hours. The time need not be structured. Too many activities defeat the purpose because you will find yourself working to organize everything instead of just enjoying the free time. A couple of hours with a group of kids and you'll return home exhausted, yet refreshed. The ideas that flow from this experience may be wacky ones, but at least you'll not be stuck for any ideas. Next principle, 
Inspiration is all around you. You'll find it in nature, in people, in architecture, in conversations, in media, in books. Your inspiration will come when you're well rested. Anybody can just throw ideas out there, but inspired ideas of work come from deep, thoughtful meditation. I'm not talking about a series of random thoughts that just float through your mind. My thoughtful meditation is centered on God's word and his presence. This is not dry intellectual book study. It's a living experience in which I'm able to come away revived and clear-headed for the next creative assignment. Next principle, forgiving offenses. Do not be easily offended. There's nothing less inspiring than a dried up prune. So try not to become one. We all experience disappointment and offense somewhere along the line because things happen. But harboring bitterness and unforgiveness will shrivel you up. Be quick to recognize that you've been hurt. Forgive yourself and or the other party involved and move on. Dance is about movement, and we want to make sure we're constantly moving in the right direction. Next principle, avoid burnout. I often use the phrase, well, you can't have your cake and eat it too. To maximize our effectiveness, we must be very selective about the way we use our time and energy. As creative people, we would love to do it all, but we can't. We must become well-versed in making choices and sticking with them. The Bible says that we cannot serve two masters. We'll serve one and hate the other or vice versa. Attempting to please everyone is serving two masters or even more than two. We become so concerned with what others think of us that we lose sight of what God thinks of us. If pleasing everyone is our goal, we will wear out from trying to buy acceptance. Keep in mind that people are always changing their minds on what they think and who they think we should be. Eventually, we end up feeling like a hamster on an exercise wheel. We're tired, but we haven't gone anywhere. So choose early on who you'll serve and don't get distracted. Yes, serving people is important. Without people, we couldn't do a performance or have a business, but serving God is more important. Without him, you couldn't have anything. Knowing the difference between the people you serve and the God you serve is of great importance. For me to live in the fear or respect of God is my protection because when criticism comes, I'm secure knowing that I'm being obedient to everything God asked me to do. If I'm serving God first and foremost, he'll strengthen me and the people will be blessed and touched as a result. Next principle, avoid distraction. Once you set your course, do not be sidetracked. Distraction is one of the main setbacks of people not reaching their God-given destiny. Saying yes to one thing means saying no to something else. I've had many girls work for me who want to have it all, 
They want to have it all one way and have the other way too. These girls are always multi-talented gals with great energy. Great energy must be focused to be powerful. That's where I want to smile and say to them, well, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You don't get to have it all, but you can have some very good things if you choose well. For instance, you don't get to work at my studio and the one around the corner at the same time. You don't get paid to only work sporadically because you're busy with your other commitments. You don't get to practice a sloppy work ethic and still have people's respect. When you don't take careful observation of your commitments, a conflict of interest is caused. Your loyalties suffer. I often remind myself to do a few things and do them well. When you spread yourself too thin, nothing is done well. On the other hand, you can secure your job and people's respect by being loyal to your employer and your clients. Do what you say you're going to do. Don't change your mind midstream just because the grass appears to be greener on the other side. The dance studio version of that old phrase would be that things will always look more exciting and more appealing at the other dance studio until you get there and realize that they will also have rules and expectations that you have to abide by. So if you've got a job you've committed to, you'd be best to stay where you're at and finish strong. We've had girls enthusiastically commit to a certain teaching schedule for the year and then lose steam a few months into the program. I might hear, I'm so tired. To which I answer, yep, nobody told you that dance was easy. It's the hardest job in the world, but you agreed to do it. She'll say, I have a lot going on. To which I respond, well, I guess you'll have to give up that other stuff because you've committed to work here and I'm depending on you. But something came up, she whines. So? At this point, I'm probably raising my eyebrows. What was this girl thinking? Did she suppose that teaching dance class was a party? Did she imagine that it would run itself when she got a boyfriend or decided to go back to college or join a dance company not affiliated with our school, or suddenly came to the realization that she doesn't like kids? 62 question marks and one exclamation point. Obviously, I have very little patience for waffling, and I do advise the girls of this from the onset. It's annoying to have to make staffing adjustments mid-year to accommodate their double-mindedness. Young leaders must learn to manage their time and energy. Next principle, do a few things and do them well. In the 80s and 90s, it became fashionable to multitask or power task to supposedly double or triple your efficiency. In some work environments, if you were not juggling three things at once, you were looked upon with disapproval. And I personally am not a fan of multitasking. Most artists are multi-talented people, yet I see no need 
to attempt using all our talents at the same time all the time. When I try to multitask, I find that I do a lot of things at 50% and nothing well. In striving for excellence, I've trained myself to take on only one or two things at a time, focusing on them until I've completed the task. This is very hard for a person with a creative personality, but it's discipline. Next paragraph says, Here's yet another of my silly observations that I wrote down long before I thought about writing a book. The multitasking moms. These are the dangerous ones. Young, ma young moms who drive SUVs with coffee and cell phones. Be warned that there are myriads of distracted drivers on the road. You'll especially find them in school parking lots, at the soccer field, at daycare, or dropping off for dance class. These are your grown-up, fun-loving cheerleaders. They were easily distracted to begin with, but then Starbucks had to go and open a shop conveniently on every corner. Lattes are just way too easy to drive through and pick up. Caffeine is a stimulant, you know. Then, why are SUVs so big? What's wrong with a Jeep or a pickup? How does a girl that little and young get behind the wheel of an Escalade? I mean, really? She's trying to maneuver the oversized monster while carrying on a breathless conversation on an iPhone with a couple of screaming kids in the back. And I know this because sometimes they call me, a business owner on the phone, while all of this is going on. On that note, I would just like to add from personal experience that multitasking is highly overrated. It's exhausting and will cause you to do many things in a mediocre way and nothing with excellence. Next principle is a balanced life system. Consider this, artists. Dream, work, establish. Dream, work, establish. Dream, work, establish. For an artist, the easy step is the dream. We love to dream, it's fun. The next step is to work. This is not as easy for the artist. We'd rather play or dream. The third step is often actually forgotten. It requires sitting still for a season and, ma and maintaining. The fun-loving creative dreamer would much rather move on to something else before even completing the first idea of the project because he or she is easily bored. The same fun-loving creative dreamer who is mature, on the other hand, has the ability to complete projects. Not only must we finish what we begin, we must practice the discipline and the wisdom of resting maintaining and establishing once the task is done. At the end of the cycle, dream again. There will always be fresh new ideas available to you in season. The lesson for today in keeping your inspiration fresh is rest and play more. That's it for reading. I'm hoping that you've gotten an idea of my voice, my writing style. And when I think back about podcast number one, I just said, 
I don't know how long I'm going to do this. It might even sound, sound stupid and I won't continue after first episode. I did get some positive feedback, albeit maybe not millions of listeners, but we wouldn't want to have a million people listening anyway. And I'm very aware that what I have to say maybe isn't for everybody, but I'm always of the thinking that somewhere out in the world, there's somebody for somebody. And if you can even touch one person and encourage them, then it's been worth it because Jesus would have died for even just one person. So whatever it is we're doing and putting our hand to here on the earth, we should have the same mentality. I'm looking today at the conclusion of the book, Life in the Studio, and just right at the end here at page 170, I want to use this as a summarization for the 50 episodes of Coffee Break with Miss Debbie podcast also. God made you a creative person, so be bold about it. Never despise who you are or how God made you. Not everyone will understand you and they don't have to. God knows your every thought and his understanding has no limits. When you hit a wall in your own rationale during the journey, which you will, you'll need to depend on the counsel of his spirit to show you what to do. The words you say, the people you touch, the projects you complete will affect the world in some way for better or worse. Make it your ambition to use your talents and make Jesus famous in the universe. You will leave a lasting mark behind. So make sure the mark gives him glory. When you remember that it is not about you, the pressure's off. You can go about your life with enjoyment and your joy, which comes from God, will strengthen you. Go ahead, laugh often. God enjoys our laughter as much as we do. So to God be the glory. So that is the last page of the book, Life in the Studio. For now, it's the last few senses of Coffee Break with Miss Debbie. We will come back and visit this podcast at a later time, but I really look forward to any feedback through text, email, and comments in the blog. And let's just continue to build relationship. As I say almost every time, a lot of this stuff is tricky, but we can do it. We're business owners, we're leaders, and we are successful.